The Sunday show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOI. I'd like to ask you a question. Are you paying way too much for your car insurance? Sure, the rate you pay on insurance isn't everything, but State Farm has surprisingly great rates along with first-class customer service you deserve and will receive from our office. This is your local State Farm agent, Derek McGarry, and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. No access to the internet, but eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine? No problem. Call 211 for a referral to a local vaccine provider. If you know a vaccine-eligible person without internet, please share this information with them. Brought to you by the Texas Department of State Health Services. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. Thank you for calling me. Yes, ma'am. And good morning to all that are just joining us as we continue with our crosstalk panel this Easter. Happy Easter, all. We have with us again uh, Miss Irma Poindexter, Miss Joanne Rice, and Mr. Mark White as we are in deep discussion about all things uh, current in our nation and the great state of Texas. We're going to shift the discussion just a little bit here um, about police misconduct, or is it? Um, in reference to uh, Luther Hall uh, with the quote, blue lives matter unless they're black. Any insight? Uh, Ms. Poindexter or Ms. Rice, ladies first. Well, I, I can't truthfully say that I was not surprised uh, of what happened. Uh, people may not realize that uh, this was a police officer. As I guess you could say, going undercover. He was an undercover police officer, and he was uh, had was planted himself among the protesters. And it would appear that other police officers didn't know who didn't know who he was, and so they thought of him as just a regular protester. And they proceeded to beat him. Uh, I guess you could say uh, senselessly. Um, he ended up in the hospital. Uh, the picture that I've seen of him, uh, he had several stitches right. and um, and all that. And but the, I think the sad part is that he was there as an undercover police officer, and he was beaten uh, um, so so hard. I mean, and not only that, uh, the police officers that that uh, actually did this. They were well. They had a hung jury, I guess. The jury could not find the people who beat him up. Um, could not find them guilty. Uh, and there he is, protecting and serving. And I must say that the police officers that beat him, I wouldn't exactly call them them protecting and serving. They also pointed out that um, the cameras that were that were uh, were disabled. Uh, so that you could not see what they were about to do. And if this had not been, it, so it really didn't matter that this was a police officer. And he was an African-American police officer, so it didn't matter that uh, that he was beaten. So you can imagine if you hadn't been a police officer, um, that still wouldn't matter. So either way it goes, being a police officer or not, it doesn't matter when you're black. That's what that proves. All right, Mr. Mark White, anything to that precedent that Miss Joanne suggests, uh, black or not, it does not matter. 
and, and, and to, to Ms. Wright's point, listen, when the police are out um, in the public, and uh, first of all, let me put this claim out there. I'm not going to say 100% of the police, because I've been criticized about grouping the whole group. So I'm not going to say 100%. I'm just going to say 85% of them. Okay. So when the police are out and they're um, supposedly protecting and serving, they don't look at black men as if they are citizens or human beings. i give you an example. Let's just take Mr. Floyd, George Floyd's case. Now, this officer had planted his knee on, on Mr. Floyd's neck. Now, he was being videotaped while doing this. People were telling him, get off of this man. This man was screaming, I cannot breathe. This man called out for his mother, so you know he was under that. And yet this officer looked right into the camera to say, I can do this because this person here is not human, number one. And number two, I'm white, so I'll be able to get away with it. And that is the, the entire, well, again, I can't say about the whole police force, but a great many of the individuals that serve and protect, they don't see black men as human beings. And so this is the reason why Mr. Hall was treated in the same manner, and even though he is one of them, and he was undercover, they didn't see him as a human being. So they, could, they went to beat him as if he was another George Floyd. And they do that to all black men. They, they don't see them as human. They don't, have, they don't see them in a regard that say that this is another human being, we need to show them some respect. Now, I'm not saying that some people don't need to have restraint. I'm not saying that. Right. What I am saying is that every single person that they come in contact with needs to be beaten on. No, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Well, and when we speak of restraint, uh, when we're defining that, there is a procedure that we are trained, you know, officers are trained to use when we use restraint methods but it doesn't include it does not include force of which is life-threatening correct mm -hmm. so i think i think that's we're all clear there and i think that's where the challenge um is now <clears throat> in speaking of the people saying enough is enough um you know we have the U the olympics um and, and they're saying that they're not punishing olympic athletes for peaceful protests well, wait a second Lemaria, yes. Lemaria, before we before we pivot to that next topic, can I can I just interject here? This if you if you look at the totality of all of this, you saw what happened on January sixth with the insurrection. You saw how the police treated them as people. You heard representatives come out and say, Hey, guess what? I wasn't afraid of these people, despite the fact that they killed police officers and beat them with poles and defecated in the hallways and pissed on the walls and all that despite all of this, these were good Americans. And at the same time, a representative came out and said, I would have been scared if they would have been Antifa or Black Lives Matter. So when we see what they did, Luther Hall was, even though he, he, was, he happened to be blue in terms of being an undercover cop, but he was black. Mm -hmm. So this man had to have multiple surgeries. The city of St. Louis already settled for $5 million with him. So he's already won that case. 
officers previously that they had testimony against them. They went ahead and they quit or they were fired. Two, two officers were already fired for this. These other three that went on trial, two of them got a mixed verdict and one was acquitted total. So the issue is the whole system. It's, it's a system that allows this kind of police misconduct to occur. And here's the sad part. You can go down to some black people who were killed by the police, whether it was a traffic stop or whatever, because that's what they were protesting in this case. Another young man who had been, when this undercover officer was beaten, they were protesting another black person who had been killed, and it was the same thing. It was a questionable traffic stop that was way back in 2011. So we getting sick and tired of being killed by the police and by the system protecting the police. And now, Mark, you kind of said one thing. I don't know if 85% of all policemen are, are, are crooked or bad or violent toward black people. Mm-hmm. I would actually think that 85% of them are good. But the 15% or so that are the bad ones, they get away with all of the crap that they do because of that blue wall of silence or whatever you want to call it. So that's the discouraging part to me. And that we- these people keep their jobs and their pensions, you know? Right. And the reason why I say that is because you're right. Let's just say it's 15%. Okay, but now the the rest of them know that they're doing it. And so if you are, even though you don't commit the sin and you sit there and you watch it, you are just as guilty as the people who do it. So my, my thing is, yeah, it may be 15% of the police officers that are terrible at doing it, but the rest of the blue wall know that they're doing it. And then allow it to happen, and they well, we got to protect our own. No, you got to you. Your job is to serve and protect the public, and the public is every member of society, regardless of race, creed, color, religion, sexual orientation. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Your job is to protect them, and if you fail to do that, or one of one group of people, then you're just as guilty as all the ones who committed the crimes. That's that's all I'm saying. I would just like to comment on both of your comments. How many years is it going to take for us to make the police department just as just as guilty as anyone else who commits a crime? I mean, you can't sit up there and let John get away, who's white, and, and, and not do anything to the other person that's black. I mean, justice is justice. I don't care where you, how you put it on the board. And so this man is is guilty, and I think that not the man that they injured, I'm not the black man, but I'm talking about the man that did the harm to him. He should be he should be received the justification of justice from the department as other people who would be have committed the act. So it's about time for us, about time for us to get up off our cells and go to the Justice Department and ask that they be treated. I can remember when my brother got was killed down in Mandeville, and the police uh, said that a car passed me real fast from from due to Farrow. Why couldn't he have radioed in and said that we suspect killed Dansby was? was on the highway speeding. Nobody said anything about him uh, uh, being caught. So it's the things that are hidden by the police department that sometimes make us conscious of the injustice. We don't want to forget also that the St. Louis-based Ethical Society of Police 
They issued a statement disagreeing with the verdict, uh, citing the clear evidence, including the severity of the injuries sustained by Luther Hall. I think it's important for us to remember that there are those good people and the St. Louis-based Ethical Society of Police, by them issuing a statement that they disagreed with the verdict, uh, is one step. And it's going to take one step, one step, one step by many different right. people in order for this to change. Mm-hmm. And it can only change when we all get together and decide that enough is enough. Philip, any additions to Blue Lives Matter unless they're all black? Philip, are you still with us? All right. I think uh, Mr. O'Donnell will shift in again in just a moment. So we were uh, gradually moving on or or including into this discussion as an add in the U.S. Olympics uh, and even the Major League Baseball movement. Um, So we're seeing, by and large, um, substantial uh, presence of those that are saying no more. Now, when we speak of con- uh, consequences for doing so, um, and, and they're using the words of peaceful protest, here we are again. Um, you know, we had kneeling in the past, uh, you know, many bounds of refusal that were peaceful. And, and, and we saw the opposite, you know, occurrence with with that. It was that that is not uh, appropriate. Um, so, you know, Ms. Rice, you were speaking of uh, we're saying enough is enough. Do you project? Do you uh, perceive that in the future this this thing will get ugly as as we say and we stand on no more? And and I want to put emphasis on that, especially in the state of Texas. Well, I'm going to. Um, we were talking about the the Olympics and the Rule of Fifty, which is um, is what uh, they are looking at, and how people were punished. Because we all know about the um, John Carlos and Tommy Smith that were expelled from the games for raising their fists right. on the metal podium uh, during the national anthem. And as we all know, the national anthem is something that you just don't mess with. And this was in 1968. And so now the uh, the um, Olympic Committee, the United States Olympic Committee, is looking at allowing peaceful protests and not necessarily, but they didn't, the, the thing that in reading the article that I could still not understand is what is considered a peaceful protest. Right. Because if kneeling is not peaceful, mm-hmm. if raising your fist is not peaceful, if, I guess, closing your eyes is not <laughs> peaceful, uh, I, I don't know if you can clap your hands together if that's not peaceful. They never talked about what was peaceful demonstration, just that they are going to tolerate it and um, and that's all. So I'm, I'm still confused about the rule of 50. Uh, the rule of 50 script, uh, John and and, uh, Carl and Tommy from that took their medals and actually wrote them out of history. And so now we're going to allow some athletes, so we're going to allow athletes to demonstrate, and we're going to determine a, on a case-by-case basis. I really don't think that's fair. Because I may decide as an Olympian that I am going to step off of the podium and right. then step back on. I may decide I'm going to do it ten times. So what does that mean? Does that mean that um, that you're going to take my medal away from me? Does that mean you're going to write me out of history for for winning? 
uh, I may decide that I'm going to stand on one foot and uh, put my thumb in my mouth. Well, you know, I don't, I don't quite understand exactly um, what's going to happen to people that protest and have a right to protest. And the athletes have just as much right to protest as anyone else. So I'm, uh, I'm eager to hear what the other panelists have to say because, and not only that, I can't wait to see what, how people are going to protest and right. then what's going to be done. Mr. Mark White, any insight on the future? Well, clearly, you know, the opportunity to, uh, you know, the U.S. Olympic Committee deciding to allow people, and, you know, to Ms. Wright's point, they didn't say what is peaceful protest, but right. the fact of the matter is that they're going to actually allow um, people to protest is definitely a, a change in, in the uh, thought process of the Olympic Committee, because uh, as you're well aware, in 1968, they stripped them two young men of their medals because they did a peaceful protest of just throwing up their hand, their fists in the air. So it's good to see at least that move um, take place. However, you know, we have to realize that there have been a lot of peaceful protests. You know, we can, you know, we can uh, talk about in the, in the, in the last uh five to ten years of people who have peacefully protested and, you know, calling Kaepernick by taking a knee down and how, how he was uh, blackballed and, 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 and ridiculed for, for peaceful protest. Um, so we have to be mindful of that they're still, you know, they're going to be watching to see what, you know, peaceful protests are. And, and on top of that, we have we sight. And even though it's going to be difficult to do, uh, we can't lose sight of the fact that we have to stand up and say enough. We cannot allow this to, to continue to go on. Because, listen, you have to realize that this has been going on since the 40s and 50s and 60s. And, yes, there have been some improvements in society without any question. But there's still things that we still have to deal with 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, you know, after that that got started. And so it's important that these athletes and, uh, you know, like Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NFL all take a stand and say, because listen, they're valuable entities in the United States. I mean, you got to stop and think how important the NFL, most people are, who want to watch that same thing with the NBA and now the major league baseball mm-hmm. just got started. They're important indies that provide entertainment for the people of the United States. So, you know, they have the platform in order to do that so they can make awareness without any question. But, you know, a lot of them are afraid and I understand why, you know, because, you know, you, you got to think about Colin Kaepernick who lost his entire livelihood in his prime, right. <laughs> you know, to, to, to be able to, you know, to be able to take care of himself. Um, but, you know, listen, it, it is difficult without any question to uh, to do these things, but it, it, they have to be done. And if, you know, we have to keep that in mind that uh, it's important that the athletes and us in particular have to stand up and say enough is enough. 
Because, see, you, you got to understand, you know, once it gets started, it's not going to stop until they achieve their objective, and that is complete and total control. And if, you know, if you don't say or do something about it, then we're going to definitely have a problem. I mean, just, again, it's good to see the United States Olympic Committee decide that it's okay, but the definition has to be there, because like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like with Ms. Rice. What do you consider a peaceful protest? Right. You know, can I can I step down off of the uh, uh, the podium during the, the the national anthem, and I won't have my medal taken away from me? I won't be ridiculed. I mean, what is a peaceful protest? Right. And since that definition hasn't been been laid out there, you know, it's it's a potential that there could still be uh, uh, repercussions from whatever it is that we decide to do. I mean, if Simone Bales gets up there and she wins, you know, the vaulting contest <laughs> and she wins the gold medal and she stands up there and she steps down off the podium, what's going to happen to Simone Biles? <laughs> you know? So, you know, th- th- it's important that, you know, we know what, what the definition is. Right. And the symbolism there, too. When we think of the Olympics... That's a large, diversified population of people, right? So there again, there's, you know, the definition, the defining aspects of what's a go and what's not. Again, we're still we're still grappling with that. Miss Poindexter. You know, I'm somewhat in amazement. What is uh, unconstitutional about a protest? I know that some individuals are the leading uh, leaders of our country would like to see us do something, uh, bring something to the body for someone to view or to uh, understand what you're trying to do. But why do we have? Why do we have to get permissions to do those kind of things? You know, back in the early '50s, '60s, there was protests uh, where people was jailed in Texarkana going to the lake that was a government uh, body and yet some were jailed for going in the part that they weren't supposed to what is a what's what's that part you know can anybody go to any place without disrupting anyone uh, being violent I mean it's 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 right for me to have the privilege to go where I feel that I'm comfortable and there's no uh really rioting uh, uh situation where I'm conducting myself in a violent way. I mean people have that right to go and do those things that they feel is is a privilege. All right. Well, it's been fun with Coffee Talk this morning. Uh, happy Easter to all. Thank I you. wish we had more time to continue this valuable discussion. Um, but we have had lots of engaging fun this morning talking about leveling the playing field, mm-hmm. all things voter suppression, police misconduct, and even the entertainment foreground of U.S. Olympics, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, and beyond. That's it for this edition of the show. We hope that you enjoyed the show and will tell all of your friends about the Sunday show. We want to take a moment to thank Miss Irma Poindexter, Miss jo- uh, Joanne Rice, and Mr. Mark White as they grace us each month for the Crosstalk. Now, on behalf of me, Lamoya 
Latoya Burks and all the great and wonderful people here at Texarkana Radio. Thank you for being our listeners and for being kind enough to tune into our show. Remember, you are listening to KTOY Radio 104.7, the station that cares about the quality of your life, the soul of the city. In case you want to hear this show again, it will be rebroadcast at 6 o'clock p.m. this evening on our sister station, 105 m And the podcast of previous shows is available online at www.ktoy1047.com. If you want to appear on the Sunday show, please contact me, LaMoya Burks, at 903-244-3997. Please keep in mind that we prefer to schedule guests at least a month in advance. Again, if you would like to contact me well in advance of your desired date, please contact me at 903-244-3997. Our closing quote for today is from our Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. America is on a point in her story where number two and three positions of federal leadership are held by women. Her quote says uh, in regards to equity versus equality that was given on November 4th, 2020. It suggests that equal outcomes should be the goal of public policy. Um, Defining equity is about being fair and impartial. Equality being equal. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everyone's starting out from the same place. We love you and we thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again next week on The Sunday Show. Happy Easter. The Sunday Show will return next Sunday morning from 9 to 10. If you have questions, contact Dee Woods, ddwoods 56 at AOL.com. The views and opinions expressed during The Sunday Show are not necessarily the views or opinions of Texarkana Radio Center.